Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, DJ Humboldt. If you've been with us the last two weeks, then you know about this story that has been shared on here. If you are new here, then you've missed a lot. The time, 8 in the morning. The weather is bright and sunny here in the studio. Traffic seems to be moving okay. And again with me is the man who really needs no introduction, Travis Clark. Now, Travis, we've been through many stages of your life. Some happy, some sad. Becky is a lucky woman. I can't see you without her now. She is your life, man. So, Travis, where are you planning on leading us today? What happened to your normal intro? Travis is making me a better person. I didn't know that was possible. Come on, man. Travis is a man's man. So, Travis, how about it? There is a troubled story that I have to tell. It's your show, man. Drive it. This tale is not a positive story, but it has to be said. It is a story filled with guilt depression, angst, and death. But it is a part of me and who I am. It is not a story I am proud of. If you don't want to say it, then don't say it. No. It has to be told. It has to be released. A story that only I know is not a story. I'm not a prison, and the story is not my prisoner. I must set it free. Well, I'm already on the edge of my seat. We were on a deployment. We were in the middle of the jungle, no different than the others I've been on. Get to a destination, gather intel, take out a target. Only it was different. Everything went wrong. Everything went to hell. Okay, men, we move in at night. Take out targets Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie. Gather intel from Echo, Hotel, and Lima. Sergeant Clark will take point. I'll take the rear. We move out in an hour. Any questions? James and I went over the plan again and again until it was perfect. Everything was covered. It was the perfect plan. Night came and we were ready to move. Everyone check your gear. Move out. Once we get close, everyone splits up and goes to their positions. Keep the chatter to a minimum. Lock and load. We walked silently to our post. <sighs> you okay? I'm good. We walked silently to our posts and awaited our target movement. We knew that we had a small window of opportunity to strike. Somebody once wrote, Hell is the impossibility of reason. That's what this place felt like. Hell. We saw our signal and went in fast. Something didn't go right though. We didn't see the one guard. He took out Elliot, then Mike, then Omar. And then Rodriguez. I never saw where he was or where James was. I was in the dark. I didn't know friend or foe. The area was filled with smoke and smelled of gunpowder. Travis, over here. I knew what he did was a mistake. He just gave away his position. I turned and looked at James, and then I heard the shot. I was ten feet away from him. And when the bullet struck, I saw his body fall. He tried to get back up. Travis, go abort. I heard the gunshot again, this time closer. James wasn't moving after that. I froze. I tried to remember the training, but all I saw was Becky and the kids. I laid there motionless, scared of not seeing my family again. Tough guy Travis admits he's scared. 
Only the dead aren't afraid. You must at least thought you were lucky. I don't believe in luck, but I do believe in assigning value to things. And what I valued was my family. So what happened next? I stood up with my hands high in the air. You surrendered? Yes. I did the one thing that my friends never did to me. I gave up. The enemy ran up to me, took my weapons, and beat me. I knew that whatever pain I felt was never going to equal the pain of my friends' families. They beat me till I couldn't stand, my eyes so swollen I couldn't open them. They dragged me off and threw me in a tent. They stripped me of all my clothes and tied my hands behind my back, tied my legs together. They beat me some more. Then I felt the cold steel on my chest. I thought I was gone right there. They talked amongst themselves, but my ears were ringing from the beatings and I couldn't make out what they said. I must have passed out because when I came to it was morning. Travis, you can't hide from your past. You have to face it. No matter how ugly it gets, we're here for you. We all are. I remember Rodriguez when he first got to our unit. He was green. And me? I was old. Sergeant Clark, why you keep on calling me Alf? Because you're an annoying little fuck. And as your ranking sergeant, I can call you anything I want. You ever hear the saying, a picture holds a thousand words? That's only for people like you who don't know a thousand words. Oh, I know too. And the first one begins with an F. That's how he was. Always getting under my skin. But I knew that no matter what, when it mattered, he was right there by my side. For now, all I knew, he was just laying in the mud, along with everyone else. It's like they knew that we were there. We never fired a single shot, yet they knew where all of us were. I went over the plan again in my head. There was no way. It was the perfect plan. No different than all the times before. How long did they keep you? I was there for 16 months, till I finally escaped. I would have probably been able to get out earlier, but one of the daily beatings I received broke my arm. I had to let that heal. I was given minimal water, and every now and then I would get some bread or rice. Pictures of Becky and my family in my head was all that kept me going. Carl Sagan once said, extinction is the rule. Survival is the exception. When your life, when the world feels like a never-ending emergency, sometimes just making it through the day can be a struggle. We collect scars, physical and psychological reminders of what we've been through, of who and what we've lost. But maybe those scars can do more than memorialize our past traumas. Maybe they're also a testament to the fact that we're still here. We are exceptional. We are survivors. And we move forward. Oh, believe me, I tried, but I failed. I failed my friends. I failed my country. But most of all, I failed my family. Travis, you are still here. You didn't fail. It's not over yet. Don't make this the end. You know, for a shrink in training, you really are crazy. <laughs> I'm no shrink. Sitting here, listening to people tell their stories, making judgments, telling them it's going to be okay. Isn't that what a shrink does? Travis? It's okay. I'm fine. Believe it or not, despite my upbringing, I'm actually quite balanced. I have a chip on both shoulders. I don't even know how to respond anymore. Can you look anyone in the eyes and say, 
I am only here because of you? Do you know what that does to somebody? No, I can't. I don't have any idea. When I escaped, I traveled at night and slept during the day, stealing clothes and food along the way. I had a long way to go to find friendly territory. It was another two months of walking, hiding, and trusting that I knew how to get out of here and make it alive. I knew what the army would tell Becky. They would tell her that I was MIA and they had no clue where I was at. They would say that they were looking or checking into it. They would tell her lies because that is what they do to civilians. I knew no one was looking for me. I was just a number, a casualty of war. There would be no bands, no flags, no honor guards to welcome me home. I went there because my country ordered me to go there. And in the end, I saw my friends die. Join the military. See the world. It's not pretty. It's hell. Travis, why don't we take a little break? I, I can sense that you're upset. No, I, I, I have to finish this. Please let me finish. Okay. Get him some water. Take a breath, Travis. Count to ten. Here you go, Travis. Whenever you are ready, Travis. Continue. The second day I was a prisoner, they took me outside. My friends in a pile. They gave me a shovel. They ordered me to dig. I dug six graves. Assuming that one was for me, I laid them into the holes and then filled it with loose, mossy dirt. They gave me a shot of whiskey. I toasted my friends and swallowed the drink. They filled my glass again and I drank it. I lifted up my beaten arm and saluted the best I could. My capturers did the same. It is a nice sign of respect. The only one they ever did. They returned me to the tent and tied me up again. It was the only funeral my friends ever had. A sign of life is that there is love and laughter at a funeral. I loved them, but there is no laughing. My grief was my own to solve. No one else was there. Sounds like you're getting sentimental. Sentimental just means you're vulnerable. I couldn't be that. I had to remain strong. I had to get home. Life is a struggle of delaying death. I still had to live. I'm guessing it was around Christmas time. They untied me and invited me to eat with them. I thought about running. I thought I could try. This is when my arm was broken. I guess they thought it was no threat to them. I ate my food slowly, knowing that if I ate fast, I would get sick. Someone had a guitar and started playing. It was a song I never heard before. I listened to it, remembering how mom used to sing. I smiled for the first time in a long time. I finished my food, got up from the table, stared at the door, almost thinking they might just let me go. They saw my stare and motioned me back to where they kept me tied up. I went over and sat down, expecting someone to come over and tie me up again, but they didn't. Not until hours later. Can you go on? <clears throat> when I escaped, I ran into some kids playing down by the river. I thought for sure they would have said something. They smiled and waved and jumped back in the water. I went into the water to clean myself. 
I removed my stolen shirt and the kids saw my bruises. One kid took off. I was too tired to run away, so I stayed there accepting my fate. The kid came back with an old man carrying a bag. He got into the water with me. I didn't move. He applied oils all over my back and gave me some herbal medicine for the pain. I thanked him and got out of the water. Hippocrates once said, Wherever the art of medicine is loved, there is also love of humanity. I continued my journey, and when I finally got to the embassy, I made a phone call. Hello, Clark Residence. I'm coming home. Travis? Yes. Are you? I'm okay. I'm coming home, honey. I'm done. What do you mean you're done? I'm done, Becky. I'm retiring. Travis, I love you. I never gave up. Neither did I. I love you. With that, I hung up the phone. I got transportation to the closest military base and flew back home. I bet she was glad to hold you again. You don't need to hold on to someone if they are already in your heart. But still, almost two years, no contact? I don't know if I could do it. Is there anything else to say about this? No. I'm done for today. Okay. Thank you, Travis. I know this was hard for you. Travis, you are one of a kind. Thank you for that touching story. Remember, people, that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate? Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. We were just witnesses to that. Travis, I look forward to our talks tomorrow. I'm your host, DJ Love, because we all need a little love now and then. Some just need more of it than others. I have no idea who is coming after me today, so yeah, enjoy. <laughs>